This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Aaron Armstrong, welcome to Viral Jesus. From every perspective that I could see, my life was fine. There was not anything that was wrong. And then I met Jesus and then all the mess came after. And so that was relational difficulties. It was work difficulties. It was financial difficulties. It was everything. And that was in the midst of coming to faith too. It was just a mess. And so what I got to see through all of that as I wrestled through all of that, and as Emily wrestled with me through all of that, was that Jesus really is true to his word, that God is better than all of those things that I thought were good. From Christianity Today, this is Viral Jesus, a show about communication and the power of social connections, where we talk to some of the most influential Christian content creators to find out how they've made their faith go viral. Everyone I talk to on this show is someone I follow or was told to follow online. Most of the conversations you'll hear are with people I have never met in person, yet they've impacted how I think. What does it look like for Christians to enter the chat thoughtfully? Let's grow together on Viral Jesus. I'm your host, Heather Thompson Day. Hello, friend. How good it is to be back with you. I am so excited about the conversation we're going to have today. If you have a friend who is a new Christian, you will want to share today's episode with them. It's so good. But there is also something super special about today's episode. It is our 100th episode. 100. Episode 100. I can't even believe it. I'm going to do a longer devotional thought on us reaching that 100 milestone on Monday. So come back, tune in on Monday. I'm going to say a little bit longer about my feelings and my thoughts about that and how it relates to you. But would you mind, can I just read to you something really quick that I read? I read it this morning in worship. It's from Romans 4. And so instead of doing social toolkit or safe space, I hope I can just have a couple minutes of your time to share with you what I learned and what I read this morning that I think fits with this 100th episode in Romans 4. Once I read it, I think you're going to know why I'm reading it. So here we go. Romans 4, 19 through 22. He did not weaken. And Paul right here is talking about Abraham. Abraham did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body to be already dead since he was about a hundred years old and also the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God because he was fully convinced that what God promised he was able to do. Ooh, I want to say that again, friend. 
Abraham was fully convinced that what God promised, he was able to do. Therefore, it was credited to him for righteousness. Verse 23, now it was credited to him was not written for Abraham alone, but also for us. Paul says this, it will be credited to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus, our Lord from the dead. Friend, here's what I want to say to you on our 100th episode. Abraham was 100 years old before he saw the promise fulfilled over his life. 100 years old. Again, I am going to talk about this more on Monday. So come back for that. But this is our 100th episode. And so today marks, it marks this for my faith. And I'm just going to share this with you. And I want you to apply this to whatever it is you are staring at in your life. Today marks for my faith ways in which I have had faith in you, in this work, in this ministry 100 times over. And I want to encourage you today that whatever you are looking at as we close out 2023 and I'm reading your DMs, I'm seeing your emails, I know how these devotionals have stirred you and have held you. I know that a lot of us are looking at things that appear dead that look impossible, that look like God hasn't kept his end of the promise with us. And I want you to look at that thing under the backdrop of Romans 4, 19 through 22. Our faith will be counted to us as righteousness. And under that backdrop, can we now look at Romans 5, 3 through 5? We're going to read it in a different light now. I know you've heard this verse before. But I want you to read it now under what we just read in Romans 4 about Abraham waiting 100 years and yet he still believed. And then Paul says this, Romans 5, 3 through 5, I know you've heard it. And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions like Abraham did because we know that affliction, that waiting, that patience, that struggle that showing up day after day after day, 100 times over, guess what it produces? It produces endurance. And endurance produces proven character. Proven. It's been tested and it's been proven. And proven character produces hope. This hope will not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Listen, friend, we know it was the Holy Spirit because no sane person outside of the Spirit keeps showing up year after year or day after day, 100 times over. Ask Abraham. Here's my prayer for you today, friend, on this 100th episode. My prayer for you is that your patience in this season as we close out 2023 will produce endurance because endurance produces proven character and proven character produces hope.
Today I sit down with Aaron Armstrong. Aaron Armstrong is the author of several books for adults and children. He's also a documentary screenwriter, ministry leader, and podcaster. I saw the title of his most recent book on Instagram. <laughs> and it wasn't him. I don't know who. I can't remember who I follow. I think it was Drew Dick. And I saw him post about the book. And I was like, I loved the title so much that I immediately found him and said, Aaron, will you come on my show? Okay, here's the title. Tell me if you like it as much as I do. I'm a Christian. Now what? I love that. I'm a Christian. Now what? Okay, I believe. Now what? How do I do this? What happens next? Y'all know I have been a Christian my whole life. I mean, I came out of the womb just hallelujah, <laughs> praise the Lord. I'm not kidding. And so I love sitting down with people who, you know, haven't been immersed in this culture forever. You know, I do safe space with Scarlett. She's not Christian. I enjoy having conversations with people who just, have had a different life experience than me. And so it often allows them to see God in a different way than I think those of us who are from these very traditional Christian background and experiences, it, it, they just see things a little bit differently. And so I'm, I was so excited to sit down with him and I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation. Here is my conversation with Aaron Armstrong. So I like to start these conversations by sharing something that you have posted online. So here's what I have for you. I got this from your Instagram. I believe it is an excerpt from your book, which we're going to talk about today. But here's what you say. For those of us who grew up without any real connection with, or in some cases, awareness of Christianity, there is nothing normal about it. We don't see a cross and think, Jesus. We see a cross and see the letter T. So you came to faith, Aaron, as an adult. Talk to me about, about what that journey was like to you. How did you become a Christian? <laughs> well, that could take up our whole entire time if we're not careful. But um, the shortest version that, uh, that I can give is that, you know, obviously didn't grow up with any sort of real significant background with Christianity at all, didn't go to church. I knew a few people who would mention that they went to like catechism classes and stuff okay. like that, but it all sounded really boring and they were not happy about <laughs> it. So I didn't press. Okay. But after I graduated from college in a couple of years after that, a friend of mine from from school, he had become a Christian and okay. he just out of the blue back in the days of MSN Messenger. And so for for some of the younger listeners, that's something that predates texting and direct messages in our in our social media feeds and stuff like that. But he just messaged me and was like, hey, this is, you know, we've got this dinner discussion thing called Alpha at my church. Uh, the person who was supposed to come bailed at the last minute. Would you be you and Emily, uh, who's was my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, was like, Do you want to come? And so yeah. To my surprise and to his, I said, sure. I signed us up and I promptly forgot what I what I had signed us up for. Okay. So aside from dinner discussion thing <laughs> at Adam's church. <laughs> and and so went there the first day. They're like, welcome to the 10-week alpha class. Okay, yes. wait, wait. I have to yes. ask you, wait. So was there any apprehension in your brain? Or maybe there was just nothing. Like I'm going to a church. So there was just nothing. I'm just gonna go do this thing. Okay. And there was nothing that was like 
So you didn't have like, yeah, you didn't have any like bad bias or good bias. It was just a blank slate for you. I mean, I had some, some, some negative stuff that I'd picked up from, you know, surrounding culture and media type things, but because I didn't have a ton of firsthand experience that was directly connected to two Christians and their faith and practice. You know, it, it it was just more like, hey, I'm going to spend some time with my friend gotcha. who wants to do this thing. That's fine. I love that. Um, yeah. And so I went and we were both very shocked when she said 10 weeks. And uh, my friend was sure that every single week that that we were not coming back, but we kept coming back every single week. It didn't take, um, which I think was the disappointing part for some people, because, you know, there's always someone who's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, who professes faith in Jesus Mm. at the, you know, at some point during this, uh, this experience. And that just wasn't me and it wasn't Emily, Mm. but what it did was it, it continued a relationship and progressed a relationship. Um, and so we just kept hanging out with our friend and inevitably conversations about Jesus and Christianity would come up. And that all came to a head one day in the early spring of 2005 when I'm sitting on my couch and, uh, and I just thinking to myself, you know, I like my friend and I like making fun of my friend because that's what friends do is they make fun of one another perfectly logically. Mm-hmm. My decision was, I'm going to go and buy a Bible so that I can read it and make fun of my friend. (laughs) And so I walked down the street two blocks from my house. There happened to be a Christian bookstore Mm. back when those still existed. And I went in and I said, said to the lady who was working there, hi, I'd like to buy a Bible. And she said, well, what kind of Bible would you like? And I'm like, I don't know a Bible because I didn't know anything about translations or any of that kind of stuff. So she okay. hands me one. She was, I'm sure, very confused by just me. And I went home. I went on my merry way <laughs> and uh, I started reading the Bible. She recommended I that I start at John because I didn't know where to start. And mm. so because I'm a bit contrarian, I, I think I started in Luke or Mark. Okay. Luke, um, I personally <laughs> believe the best gospel. So, hey, good on you. you the Holy Spirit led I mean, you. they're all good. Luke, though, is like the depth right. in Luke. The comparisons that he made. Oh, it's legit. I, I just personally think Luke puts together an incredible gospel. Oh, totally, okay. totally. So yeah. I am. I just want you to know I'm a fan of your Thank choice. Thank you. I Go appreciate on. that. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big <laughs> I'm a big fan of it too for many reasons. But yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah, I started reading this and I didn't find what I was expecting in there because I was expecting to have this very archaic, very Mm. difficult to read and understand picture of like basically a whole bunch of rules and, you know, someone just saying, Hey, go do these things. Um, you know, and that's not exactly Uh. what I found. I mean, obviously I, I found commandments and, and I found Jesus rebuking lots and lots and lots of people, particularly, Mm. you know, really stuffy religious types these supernatural encounters and all yeah. of these things and all of his disciples being kind of boneheads. And so it was just like, okay, this is interesting. This is different. It wasn't that picture that yeah. even the little bit of interaction that I had with stereotypes of Christianity mm. had, um, you know, had helped form an idea of. 
And so as I kept reading, I kept coming back to, okay, what do I do with Jesus? And, and that ultimately, you know, through a lot of different experiences that, um, again, would take way too much time for us to get into <laughs> two on the show today, ultimately led to this night 18 mm. years ago where I knew I had to ask Jesus to save me. And so I did, and he did. And in all of that too, and I'm glossing over so much, but about 12 seconds before I asked Jesus to save me, Emily had asked Jesus to save, mm. save her too. And so, you know, we, we both did this and we looked at each other and said, okay, so now what? And that led to um, ultimately to where I am today, but it was a very long process of figuring out everything about what it means to be a Christian, how to, how to actually grow and develop in my faith, how to interact with mm. other human beings in light of my faith, how to engage with the world around me in light of that faith as well. And you know, it's an ongoing process as, uh, as we all know. Something that you've said that I just think is really important to sit in for a second for somebody listening is that for you, reading the Bible was enough. And that I just think is really important in a time where we keep trying to figure out, just like as a, as a speaker, as Christian communicators, how do I jazz this thing up or make it inspirational or, you know what I mean? All these things that we try to bring to a story that is already so beautiful and yeah. transcendent. And I believe like deeply inspired and your story kind of proves that on its own, like the Bible alone is enough. Yeah. And I think absolutely. that's a really important message for Christians today. I I'm actually really interested in, and I wasn't planning to ask you this, but now I'm going to. I am interested in the fact that your conversion then wasn't like a problem in your relationship. That's interesting to me that you both kind of started journeying at the same pace with that. Can you just talk to us about that a little? Like, what were the conversations like in your romantic relationship at that time? Where Was she not a Christian at all either? Or had she grown up Christian, your wife? No. Uh, so so she wasn't a Christian either. She had, um, her parents um, grew up Catholic. And so, okay. you know, it didn't take for them either. Um, but when I shared that one piece in the book about people seeing a cross and, and not recognizing it as a symbol for for Jesus and Christianity, but seeing it as a letter T, that was literally Emily's experience too, because she was driving somewhere with her mom one day when she was a, a kid and was like, why does this building have a letter T on it? And her, her mom was like, oh, maybe we should introduce her to, to some of this mm. kind of stuff. So she had been taken to a few different kinds of churches to just see what they're like and that kind of thing. And she participated in a um, a pretty chaotic youth group in her high school years for a little bit. She ultimately, like for a period of time when I first met her, she was a member of the Baha'i faith. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and yeah uh, we joke now that, that apparently the Lord preferred her hanging out with a kind of grumpy, you know, agnostic semi-atheist as opposed to hanging out with those guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she was kind of a seeker then. 
for her, she was open to it. Yeah, she she had a little bit more of 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 an openness to that kind of stuff than I did because it was at least a, there were ideas like that around her where they weren't really in my house. My house was basically Jesus was a swear word. Um, and so, um, okay, <laughs> and yeah. so that was, that was the, the, the difference there. How has that changed your guys's relationship? Oh man. When we both came to faith, we realized because you know, we had a very complicated mess that that we were living in, at least by Christian perspectives, because we owned a house okay. together. We were we were not married. We owned had all the trappings of marriage except okay. for kids and no marriage. Um, and so a lot of cases, most church leaders, most pastors would probably just say to a couple who was in our circumstances, OK, so you guys are getting married on Tuesday and, you know, and continuing yeah. on. Uh, when we became Christians, we realized, okay, we we need to figure out who we actually are first. Is who we are now the people who are right mm. for one another now and in the future too? And so that didn't lead to breaking up or anything like that, but it did lead to kind of a, you know, a slow burn reset of our relationship where, you know, mm. as the the Holy Spirit convicted us of very various things on his timetable, <laughs> um, that we mm. we got to say, okay, this is this is how we're we're gonna rejig our, our lives because you know we actually believe Jesus is better yeah. and because we think this stuff is true and we don't quite understand it and it's really confusing and it's really irritating for a lot of people. But that was mm. that was what we had to do. This episode is brought to you in part by World Relief, an organization that partners with the local church to serve the most vulnerable. Around the world, increased conflict, the lingering effects of COVID-19, and disasters caused by our changing climate have left millions of people in desperate situations. Many are fleeing their homes and are facing starvation, persecution, and more. These overwhelming challenges cause many of us to wonder, can I make a difference? The answer is simple. Yes, you can. When you join The Path, World Relief's monthly giving community, you partner with World Relief in bringing hope and transformation to the millions experiencing vulnerability around the world. And when you partner with your monthly gift by September 30th, your first year of monthly gifts will be matched dollar for dollar up to $25,000. Double the impact of your giving and visit worldrelief.org slash viraljesus today. What was your church community like at that time? Were they patient with you on that journey? Or were there people saying, come on, let's head over to the altar? I mean, what was that support system for you guys? So the, the first church that we were a part of was incredibly patient. And I love that. It was so cool. And God was doing something very interesting at that particular time because there was a whole bunch of within like a, an 18 month period mm. of time, a whole bunch of messed up you know, 20 somethings, you know, we're all coming to faith and all having similar kinds of uh, life experiences and things like this. 
um, you know, all playing the cohabitation game and and things mm. like that. And so, um, so our pastor at the time, mm. he he had some choices that he had to make. He could have called a meeting with all of us and said, "Okay, so here's the problem. Here's what we need to do." You know, and that would have been a valid way to do it. Yeah, he could have been you know, super passive aggressive and, you know, been preaching mm-hmm. a seven week series on, on marriage, um, which maybe not yeah, the yeah, best yeah. way That's to do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh my goodness. I know churches like that. Yes. Oh, totally. Totally. It's like, Hey, there's a problem with this one person. We need a sermon. <laughs> and people are sitting in the um, audience like, this is, is this, a, is this to me? Like, it's like, this? why is my name specifically <laughs> in the series yeah. title? This is not cool. <laughs> not cool, guys. Yeah. Not good Christian communication. Yeah, you either. know what I mean? But, okay. <laughs> um, but instead, he did this very, like, which should be the most obvious thing in the world, but is going to seem super counterintuitive to so many people, is instead of doing any of those things, he was just praying for, for all of us and saying, Lord, if you've actually brought mm. these people to faith, you're going to be at work in their lives. I'm trusting you to convict them where they need it. And we ended up being the first ones. And so when when we met with him, because we had this, this moment where um, it was just like, you know, we got some information and um, about some other family stuff at work when we got it. And that's the worst place you want any kind of family information stuff ever. Um, And, but it was all just this, like, this this moment where it was like, oh no, this is not okay for us. Mm. We we have to do something. We have to figure out what to do here. And so we met with our pastor that day, and uh, we come in and we tell him everything that happened. And he's just and he started laughing at us. Um, and so after we were done, after mm-hmm. he was done, and we were mildly offended, um, he explained all that stuff that I just shared that about what he did and. He was laughing, not because, you know, we were a bunch of goobers, but because he was happy that the Lord answered his prayer. And um, and so he worked with us on Mm. figuring, okay, you're in a not ideal situation. Let's make this work. So how do we do this in the best way possible? And so it was, um, and you know, this is something I shared in the book is it was, and it's definitely not an ideal kind of situation, but it was basically we had, you know, all of our Mm. circumstances so intertwined, but we weren't ready to get married. We created a setup that allowed us to have a significant amount of accountability while we still shared the same place. Not the best idea in the world. I'm not endorsing that. Right. (laughs) Um, No, but I think it speaks to, Aaron, it speaks to nuance and it speaks Mm -hmm. to I think a lot of times because things in life seem so complicated, Christians love to give really quick, large sweeping answers. Oh, yes. And God has been so individual, at least in my experience, Mm -hmm. um, God has worked so individually with so many people. And so I love, I just love your pastor. Actually, I love that he allowed the spirit to lead him and trusted that the spirit would lead you. And your testimony proves that God is in the business of reaching and leading us. So your latest book, I don't even think I've said it yet. Your book is called, I'm a Christian, Now What? I was telling Aaron before we started recording, I saw this. We have a mutual friend, Drew Dick, 
And he had shared this on his Instagram and I was scrolling through and your title cut through my scroll, which is all you want. And I said, oh, I want to talk to this guy on the podcast. I absolutely love the title. Talk to me about why this book is so important to you. And actually tell us, is this, I'm, I'm sure that your primary audience is people who just became a Christian, mm -hmm. but is there message a message in there for people who have maybe been in Christianity for a long time? Yes. While it's, while the majority of it is written directly to to a new adult Christian. So someone who, who was in my shoes 18 years ago, back in 2005, um, to be able to say, okay, your, you know, your life literally changed in an instant. You mm. are you, but you're not the same you that you were before. Um, so you have the same name, you have the mm. same job, you have the same waistline, you have the same gray hair or lack of gray hair. Um, the same bills that you had five minutes ago, but fundamentally who you are is mm -hmm. different because of what Jesus has done in that, in an instant and is going to do through the rest of your life mm. that, you know, you are a new person with new desires and a new purpose and a new hope and all of these super big, important things. But how do you get started on that? And so how do you grow? Like, so, so really, how do you grow as a Christian? And it's not as simple as to say, Hey, get in a church. So yeah. get connected with the Christian community, you know, pray and read the Bible. Yeah. It's not as easy as saying that as just saying those things when you have no idea what the Bible actually is and how to read it. You don't really know what prayer is and how to do that either. And you don't know what the purpose of community is, mm -hmm. especially in a radically individualistic age like we're in now, but also what to even be looking for in terms of a healthy community. Yeah. But it doesn't just stop with those kind of basics um, because those really are the, those are the basics that give you the runway for your life. But we also have significant challenges when you're a yeah. new Christian, like, okay, I really love, I really love comic books. I love <laughs> angsty, grumpy nineties music, <laughs> you know, like, do I have to give these up and listen mm. to bad yeah, Christian imitations all, the, or, all day long? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. all these kinds of things. I mean, you can see behind me here, there's a whole bunch of Batman right there. So, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, I wanted to ask you, actually, I'm really interested in hearing your description of what prayer was like for you. So can you walk us through the, the first times, what that felt like? Did you know what to say? How has your prayer life changed? And can you recount for us what those early days were like? Yeah. So the first prayer I prayed was before I was even a Christian. And it started what, um, and it was like, I was kind of feeling like just because of some of the circumstances that that were going on. And it started out with this, like it was very tiptoey. Uh, it was like, uh, God, I don't even know if you're real, <laughs> <laughs> but if you are. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and that was how yeah, that, that yeah. first time praying anything was, mm -hmm. um, from there, it was more just figuring, okay, I don't have a special vocabulary for prayer and I never have. And realizing very quickly that I didn't need that. And that was something that, you know, I talked through with, my friend with our pastor as well. And 
um, was like, okay, how are we supposed to do these things? And um, because I would mm-hmm. hear people using tons of filler words of, you know, the, the just Lord justs and, you know, all those kind of things. And, and it's like, I get it. Cause I use filler words all the time when I'm, when I'm talking, because it's, it's just what we do when we're, when we're trying to think, but what was helpful for me to really realize was that mm. prayer fundamentally is a conversation or is right. one half of a conversation. Yeah, so yeah, if absolutely. we think about Christianity from the perspective of, or our relationship with God through Jesus as a relationship, a key piece of a relationship is communication. Mm. And so God first and foremost speaks to us through the Bible, through scripture. That's where we know who he is, what he expects of us, what he's done in the world and what hope we yeah. have. We talk to him through prayer and that can take all kinds of different forms that can be verbal. It can be written. It can be thought. It can be, you know, it can be anything basically. And, and so remembering that it's like Mm -hmm. communication is key to our relationship with God, then I shouldn't worry about whether or not I'm using the right language for the right time or anything like that. Um, It's just be honest. <laughs> and we see this in the, and the Psalms have been a great help for me in that too, because the Psalms are with all necessary qualifiers that, that need to be in place in place. The Psalms are the most human book of the Bible in that these are the songs and prayers of God's people. We see God's people mm-hmm. in great distress there and calling out and saying very hard things. Yeah. Yeah. So we can model our prayers on what we see there, not necessarily in terms of language, but in terms of, or form, but in terms of the freedom that being in Jesus gives us to be able to approach God with anything and everything in our lives and that he Mm. wants that. And so when we're angry about something, you know, Mm -hmm. specifically if we're feeling like God has let us down in some way, you can actually say that to God because he knows already. He already knows what we're thinking. So just say it. And it's freeing to tell the truth Um, because saying those things. And I mean, like David's like, why are you so far from me? And then immediately, like the next verse, he's like, but you're always with me. It's like. Sounds like us. Exactly. Exactly. So it's one of those things that when you say it, it helps you reset. Um, uh, and then, you know, when it comes to a church, it's, you know, what are those fundamental things that you should be looking for? Um, you know, so often we look at, you know, we're encouraged and, you know, a, a lot of churches will, you know, put out front as the big things are, you know, programs or, you know, the persuasive speaking ability of the, you know, of the pastor or the teaching team, um, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, those things are not the fundamentals. It's things like, are the leaders people of character, which is the most important thing that scripture talks about. Is it a church that loves one another as Jesus calls us to love one another and as he loved us? Yeah. Is it a church that loves people who are far from Jesus in every way possible? 
Is it a church that pursues compassion and justice as a way of life? Mm. Is it one that, you know, all these kinds of things. And there's, there's so many different things that we can, that, that we can point to. And then of course, things like, how do you share what happened to you? And how do you share your story in a way that's honest? Because, I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned earlier um, that it's like, What's interesting is, is there wasn't really this crisis point, you know, that, that led me to be investigating yeah. and exploring Christianity. Yeah. Um, all the crisis stuff came after for me. Um, and so, so it doesn't really. Wait, we got to say that again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So say that again, okay. Aaron. No, I'm serious. Yeah. Cause there's somebody listening right now. Oh my goodness. I'm really passionate about this. Cause I think sometimes mm-hmm. we make it seem as Christians that follow God and life will be easier. And then people follow and it's harder. Right. And we think we're doing something wrong. So please talk to the people about your experience with that. Right. So to say that again, from every perspective that that I could see, my life was fine. There was not anything that was wrong. And then I met Jesus (laughs) and then all the mess came after. Mm. And so that was relational difficulties. It was Mm. work difficulties. It was financial difficulties. It was everything. And that was in the midst of coming to faith too. It was just a mess. And so what I got to see through all of that, Hmm. as I wrestled through all of that, and as Emily wrestled with me through all of that, was that Jesus really is true to his word, that God is better than all of those things that I thought were good. And so Amen. You have to have that perspective in mind and to maintain that as best as you can. And it is really mm-hmm. difficult at times because, you know, when we think that everything is fine and normal it, and it ends up not yeah. being, then we get frustrated and confused <laughs> and don't quite know what to do. And so it can be tempting to quit. It can be tempting to give up. Yeah. And that's really where we need other Christians. That's where new Christians need experienced, seasoned saints. And that's, you know, kind of one of the ways that the book is designed to help them too and speaks to them is it kind of gives a window into what new adult Christians are experiencing. But it also has some practical steps toward the end that are like, okay, so you're discipling people who have had this experience here's some questions to help you navigate the process together. Well, this is a question people ask me all the time. What book can I offer to a friend who's just converted to Christianity? Here we have it. Aaron Armstrong is the author of I'm a Christian, Now What? And you can get it wherever books are sold. Aaron, our show is called Viral Jesus. What do you think it means to be a Christian online? Oh, do we have another half hour? (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) So I think the the key thing to being a Christian online is not to simply share a whole bunch of, of, you know, Christian content. Like there's nothing wrong with sharing Bible verses. I do that. It's great. Um, because mm. they're they're helpful and they're and I share the ones that are right. meaningful to me that particular day. But ultimately, when it comes to being a Christian online, what yeah. what we all need to do and we all need to pursue is we need to pursue this ethic of convictional kindness. 
And so we need to hold fast to our deeply held convictions and not budge on those things for a second. You know, we don't want to, Mm. um, you know, fudge on anything that is, is fundamental to the faith or pretend that something doesn't matter when it really does because we're called to be peacemakers and not peacekeepers, but that's a whole nother tangent. Um, But at the same time, we are to Mm -hmm. seek to live at peace with everyone as much as it depends on us. So we're not supposed to be contentious and combative and caustic (laughs) uh, the way that unfortunately we see so many across the spectrum of believers behaving. Yeah. We're supposed to be something fundamentally different that doesn't get rewarded by the algorithm ever because we are not intentionally being angry. We're not being cruel and all of these things that are just completely unchristlike. We want to be people who are known as joyful, loving, peaceful, kind, honest. Yeah people of character because when people see that they do see something different and it can Mm -hmm. for some not for all but it can for some diffuse the stereotypes that they build up in their heads when they see us fighting over things that are really just kind of stupid aaron armstrong is the author of i'm a christian now what? And you can get it wherever books are sold. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So what can we learn from my conversation with Aaron Armstrong? Number one, Aaron says that in his reading the Bible for himself, he met a Jesus he didn't expect to encounter. And I think it is important for us to step back and think about that. In what ways, as you read your Bible for yourself, which I hope you're doing, you know how I feel about that, or even just playing it on audio, that's fine too. But in your experience searching through the God of scriptures, how have you experienced a Jesus that maybe wasn't portrayed to you by Christians or by church culture? I want you to think about that question. Number two, Aaron made changes to his life, and I this was so important to me, not because of shame, and not because he was confronted by his pastor and not because of judgment that he experienced, but because he just decided to trust Jesus's way and that it would be better. And I love that. And I love the message that it sends to a lot of us as Christians who I'm just telling you, like we have to allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does in other people's lives, even when it's not on our timetable. Romans 2, 4, I really believe in this. And I, somebody sat down next to me on a plane, uh, I don't know, in the last year. And just, they were talking about, I don't know, just uh, God in a very, just a harsh way and a angry way and a judgmental way. And they said to me, so what's your favorite Bible verse? And I said, it's Romans 2.4. And I really mean this. It is Romans 2.4, friend. It is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. That's the God that I've experienced. And that's the God that I hope that you experience too. Number three, Aaron described becoming a Christian this way. He said, you are still you, but not in the same way you were before. And I just want to leave you with that thought as we enter the holidays. How is your life different 
after truly giving it to God? You should have an answer for that. You will still be you, but not in the same ways that you were before. I love the way my friend Justin Koo, he puts it this way. He says, the only thing God will ever ask you to give up is everything you were never meant to be. Viral Jesus was brought to you by Christianity Today. I've been your host and creator, Heather Thompson Day, producer and audio engineer, Lauren Joseph, and executive producer, Ed Gilbreth. Please review and recommend us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to tune in to our devotional episode on Monday. There are only three of those left, and I've so enjoyed doing that with you. It's been such an honor, and I mean that to serve you. My friend Vimbo called me last night, actually, and she said, oh my goodness, somebody, I don't remember who said it to her, but somebody that she had no idea that they even knew who I was. And they said, Hey, I just want you to know, I listened to your friend Heather's podcast and these devotionals that she's been doing every Monday. She's like, I just thirst for them. It's everything that I need to hear in this season. And that made me so happy because I love when God allows us to like have cross connecting trials. Because it makes me feel like this season that I've been in, and, and those of you who are listening to those Mon- Monday episodes, you know, this season that I've been in is not wasted. And I can use that experience to speak to somebody else's experience. And we as Christians are never alone. May we all pray to our Father. This is our Father. And our experiences connect. And I, I praise God for that. Next Thursday, we will have another episode. I am going to go on break after that. But I'm not going to do that without sitting down with my personal friend from the Bachelor franchise, Mike Planeta. So I am calling all Bachelor Nation <laughs> to the pod next week. Sit down for my conversation with Mike Planeta. I'll see you next week for another conversation where a viral Jesus guest talks. And you and I listen so we can learn. I love growing with you on Viral Jesus. Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip.